from like Jimmy Butler, you're not at that level. Like you really. But not. like he is. Like Definitely. he's not. He he's well. Like right now, it looks like he is. But like he's really not much better than Drew Holiday. Oh my gosh! Re- like I don't this, know if he's like, that much better than Demar Derozan. To be how, honest, like how blasphemous do you sound right now? Right now, pretty blasphemous. But I mean, the Heat. He's got a nice situation over no. there in Miami. Comparing Jimmy Butler to DeMar DeRozan was blasphemous <laughs> in March. And now it's just unholy. I don't understand how you could say that. Like, what about no, I, what about Jimmy Butler and DeMar DeRozan is remotely comparable? Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Good Podcast, episode 10. Um, 10th episode. Surprised we even made it this far, honestly. But we're back this week. So this week is going to be a little bit different. Grant and Bryce both have, you know, prior engagements. Uh, so we decided, hey, we're not going to just take another week off. We're going to keep things rolling, keep keep the episodes coming. Get feed the streets, you know what I'm saying. So we decided to come back with the with the episode. I'm gonna be here, but I'm not by myself. Uh, this week it's me. Next week, again Bryce will be on. Uh, they're they're gonna do their thing. So, but this week I decided to come on and have a very special guest. Uh, one of my closest friends, known him since he was in fifth grade. Uh, the man doesn't need much introduction. Uh, decided to bring my man Alex and the teacher on. Alex. How you doing, man? Good, good. Happy to be here. This the Big Guard podcast is turning into something of legend already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I guess to start, uh, we've been in quarantine, or I guess I guess we're starting to come out of quarantine at this point. But we've been, you know, things have been a little bit different in the past couple months. How have you been handling all that? What have you been doing? Uh, what's been going on in your life uh, the past couple months? Yeah, so quarantine's ended for most people. Um, I'm still in quarantine pretty much because we are not in school. I go to Lafayette College, and they decided not to. They decided to bring about 10% of the students back to campus. So I'm doing classes remotely, and. You know, trying to I give the virus its respect. I know it doesn't have a high mortality rate and things of that nature with the young people, but I give it its respect. Yeah. And so I'm uh, staying home. and But, you know, it's been good time with the family and stuff. Time to – that's what we've been given in this time is time. So just slow down and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, Lafayette, they're in the Patriot League. You guys aren't going to start. Uh, you, so, Peach's on the basketball team, for those who do not know. Um, you guys aren't going to play until January, it seems. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about sports league starting back up? How do you feel about everything that's been going on? I feel, personally, I'm starting to warm up to the idea a little bit. But I see the NFL, they're having their virus outbreak and all that good stuff. Uh, and so, I'm getting a little bit more concerned. I feel like, you know, honestly, I'm not sure there's a way that we can get through the season without having a bubble like NJ does, but that doesn't seem possible for college. Um, so I feel a little bit weird, especially because in the NFL with all the money and resources, they're, they're having outbreaks. 
So I'm not sure how they're going to keep college kids, you know, from not getting it. But how do you, how do you feel about that? I feel like Patriot League is kind of smart by waiting until January. Yeah, um, I think there's potential for it to work if done in a, you know, smart and cautious way. I think things like potentially going back-to-back with maybe the same team on a Friday-Saturday mm-hmm. is something that could potentially work. But you guys have talked about it a little bit already throughout the first several episodes is testing. I think if you can't test regularly and frequently and get those tests back in a timely manner, it's going to be difficult. And the COVID has a very high contagion rate and the asymptomatics are really, you know, make this thing difficult to deal with. So I think with the Patriot League, they're trying to, and Ivy Leagues, they're trying, they're academic leagues and they're going to try to uphold that reputation. (laughs) And so they don't want a situation where they're bringing in just the athletes back because you're kind of telling on yourself when you're like, oh, we're all about academics. We're academic student athletes, mm-hmm. and you have just the basketball team, for example, back on campus. And, you know, money drives these decisions, and I'm not sure exactly how much <laughs> the Patriot League basketball is making, um, but it's not ACC or the Big East or even A-10, so the incentive to get these sort of things done is not quite the same. Yeah, I agree. But I don't know. Like I said, getting our schedule and getting that kind of stuff is exciting. But the more I think about it, the more it's just like, man, I don't know. I really don't know what we're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, for a lot of people and a lot of players get trying to get ready, um, you know, they say January, but the uncertainty of that COVID has, it, is, it pertains to, you know, a lot of aspects of life, but especially, you know, talking about sports and people preparing and the mental preparation to be like, okay, well, the season, you know, for you guys, like November 25th, but, you know, you know that a disruption of you know, some sort could mm-hmm. throw that for a loop. So, um, I don't know. It's it's a lot of uncertainty. So, but that's you got to accept the way it is and you know adjust to the circumstances. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we're gonna go back. We're gonna take it back a little bit. Uh, we're gonna go back to our St. Chris days. We both went to St. Chris together. Uh, played uh, high school ball together. Um, talk to me about your sophomore season, the year you made it to the state final four. Going to go for a major throwback to everybody. Tell me about that <laughs> whole run. <laughs> talk to me about that because I was thinking about this the other day. I saw our little final four shirt and all that. Uh, that was a wild year. We actually started the season off pretty slow and then made a, a crazy run. So talk to me about that. We went on like an eight-grade winning streak down the stretch. Um it was crazy. So talk to me a little bit about that run, about some of the things you remember from, from that season. Yeah, so, like, that season was – that was a wild season. <laughs> um, for me personally, like, that was, like – so my freshman year, I was on varsity, but I play, I ended up playing, you know, a good 
I started some games by the end, but it was basically, you know, the Nick Sherrod show. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> and so, you know, like, and so for me, coming sophomore year, I had grown and developed physically a little bit. And so, but I was just, I mean, you like your first, I think, out of the first seven games, you had like four, four 40-point games. Like, you just, you were killing, but you just needed a little bit of help. Like, just a little <laughs> bit of help. So, like, <laughs> just, you know, and sometimes, like, if that might just be, like, a total of, of like 15 points from the rest of us. But like, if, if I could give you that, we were probably going to win. I have a chance. And so, um, but really for that year, the thing that like we, our team and me individually, you know, kind of took off around midway point, I would say. And I don't know if you remember Nick, but like I was down the other end of the court, like doing my, it was a pregame. We were, I forget who we were about to play, but I was doing my, some dribbling drills or something. And, you know, you and your dad used to do the pregame uh, workouts. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the other side of the court. And, I, you know, I, I stopped dribbling. I'm watching what y'all are doing. Because you're going for 40. I'm like, what does this man do? Like, why is he so good? Like, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, why is he so much better than I am? Like, that was what I was trying to figure out. <laughs> and so and I'm watching, and you're not doing anything crazy over there. Like, you're just, you know, getting up shots, like shot fake, one dribble, pull up, like just, you know, pretty simple stuff, some finishes. And so I was like, forget forget what I'm doing. Like, because clearly what I'm doing is not getting me what exactly what I want or, you know, anything close to what you're doing. So I go over there, and your dad looked at me and was just like, well, we thought you'd never come over, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I was just like, well, yeah. And so it was like y'all started working with me and then like it was pretty quick after that that like, you know, I was playing a lot better. And then, you know, our relationship, we'd already had a relationship, but like the relationship with your dad and then eventually your grandfather, like y'all just like took me under y'all's wing and just was like, here, here's the blueprint. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's, and I mean, as a, as for me, like that's all, like I was, I want it to be good. I would work, but if you don't have the blueprint, then or like a like a plan, it's it's going to be tough. Like and so I mean that's really all I can ask for. <laughs> but in regards to like that final run, like the playoff run. Well, first of all, if we had the prep league tournament, we were going to win that. We were playing yeah. too well. I'll, and then quick quick interruption. Dev, yeah, if go any, ahead. If, if anybody, like I said, if anybody from people that listen from that time. The probably turned me that canceled. It got snowed out, of course. So we were we have won like five straight or whatever going to the probably tournament, and of course the probably tournament gets snowed out. Uh, just yeah, tell about quick. Stav. Tell about Stav. Stav could have played. They were just they we just crushed them, and they yeah. were like, no, nah, we'll take this regular season title. Yeah, <laughs> one of the teams in our league. I think they were scared to play us. Uh, just throwing that just throwing that conspiracy out there. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, go ahead. But yeah, the state tournament was was really wild because you know, we beat Flint Hill. Kind of expected to do that, but then mm-hmm. we go up to O'Connell, Bishop O'Connell, and yeah, Bishop O'Connell is like one of those like powerhouse type programs, and mm-hmm. so I remember going in there like. A lot, of play, a, lot, a lot of people want to admit, like, they're scared going into a game. I was, like, scared going into a game. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I think you were matched up with Aiko Adams. Someone, mm-hmm. yeah, he was 
yeah, he was good, but yeah, like you, you dismantled them like straight up. Like it was the probably I've yet to see a more dominant performance like in my life. And then so <laughs> from there, it was like the by the fourth quarter, I was just like, all right, like I'm just gonna like if he, I'm just gonna jump on board or try to do something. And then uh, we ended up winning that game, and then we played Kate. Cape Henry with uh, Chris Clark and Marcus Evans, and uh, yeah, they were good. But again, like you were taking, you took Chris Clark like straight to the post, and then you and then you took him to the wing, hit him with that step back. I was like, all right, like he, if 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 he's gonna be doing this, like I think you looked at me, and you were just like, like we didn't come here to play scared, <laughs> and so and yeah, but like yeah, I, I, we should have made it back there, but. Yeah. 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 That's again, that run was crazy. Probably some of the most fun I've had playing basketball. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's some of the most fun I had playing basketball that year. Oh yeah, that was back when basketball was actually like fun. <laughs> <laughs> Talk a little bit about like the difference between like like high school and college. Because I obviously I love playing college basketball and like, I've had a good time and you've had uh your experiences we'll talk a little bit about those later, but the difference between high school and college and just playing basketball, I feel like at high school, everything is just like, I feel like high school is the last time where you're playing legitimately like for the love of the game. You know what I mean? And like, you, like the guy that you're playing with, depending on where you went to school, like a lot of them aren't playing, like they're not going to play basketball after high school. Like they don't really play it that much. Like you guys are all just playing for fun. When you get to college, everything is way more serious. And I thought I was ready for it, but I was not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, oh, I take the game seriously. Like, the seriousness wasn't, like, my issue. Well, like, for, like, the difference, one difference for me is, like, when you, you know when you play, like, Trinity or Collegiate, one of our St. Chris's, like, rivals, it's mm-hmm. like, like, we have to beat these guys. Like, like you, because, like, we we both went to St. Chris for some time, so, like, we, there's, like, a, you feel the rivalries a little different. And I know, like, Richmond VCU is definitely, like, that you still have that. But, like, we play Lehigh. I'm not, like, from this area. Like, the Lehigh-Lafayette rivalry is, like, huge. But for me, we go over to Lehigh, and I'm like, okay. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, like, it, it doesn't really resonate with me. So, uh, like, I don't know. But the difference between high school, college, I would just say, like, practice is a big difference. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> practice is much, like, quicker in pace and um but I don't know like my my approach in in high school was pretty much like like a like I always took the game seriously and stuff but and in college like I know some everyone has their different approaches but uh in college some people will say like you know like professionals like you know Rodney will be like man you need to enjoy those college years because those pro years like right. like it's different like and then but when you're in college, you kind of say the same thing to high schoolers. But like for me in college, it felt more like a like a professional type, like this is my job type deal. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, that's just kind of how I approached it. But uh, yeah, I feel like in high school, like I never was like really that scared going into a game. Like, like I'm like the like the nerves of like going out to play. Like like you said, like going out to play a rival in high school is more like I want to win, but like you're not that nervous about how you play. 
I feel like in college. Yeah, you, you get to that point. You, like, you definitely get to that point. Like, by my senior year, like, you know you're, like, you're going to do what you're going to do. It's right. that type of deal. But, like, I think you got to that point sooner than I did in high school because, like, I don't know. Like, I, I was, like, when we went to play John Marshall my sophomore year, I was, like, I was so nervous. <laughs> I was so nervous. And the, the nerves are still there in college. It's just, like, you, I think, you had just you just have more experience and stuff, and plus, like you, the difference in college too is like you are playing. It, it, it's you have so much going on that it's like at least for me, like my body was just so shot that like I couldn't even like get nervous. I was so tired, <laughs> like yeah. before games. Like I was worried about like, will I even have enough energy for like to be in a defensive stance or to run the floor today, like that type of thing. Like, do I have? Will I even? my legs even give me a chance to play decently in this game versus, like, all right, I'm nervous about this matchup. Like, this is a tough team, like, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think just, like, the physical wear and tear. I do that to myself, too, just because like, I'll work out a lot. But um, that was a big difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I feel, I feel like, again, like, when I got to college, and I still feel this way now, like, even as a 50-year senior, like, I'm still part of the narrative that, like, I don't know if I'm going to play well today. Like, you feel like you're going to play well, but, like, there's a chance that you could not play well. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. at high school, the nerves, like I said, the nerves aren't, there's never, oh, am I going to play well? Like, you know what you're going to do. But when you get to college, like, you don't really know what you're going to do. Like, the scouting reports are different. Like, you might just have an off day. Like, you, you, in high school, you don't really have, like, off games. In college, like, like I said, I still walk into the court and I'm like, man, like, no matter who I'm playing, we could be playing Wisconsin, we could be playing Randolph making an exhibition. Like, I still, like, there's a healthy fear that, like, you might not play well. And that's, like, the biggest, that's, that's like, the biggest difference is that, like, when you come in as a freshman, you're, like, naive. And then once you start playing, you're like, wow, these guys are, these guys are good. Like, everybody's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, well, I think that's a good way you put it, like, the healthy, healthy fear. Like, um, like, that, that's, that fear you're not going to do well, like, helps you play well, helps you, it, like, forces you to train, but it just can't become debilitating. Um, but I think, like, I don't know, like, if you don't fear, have that fear at all, like, you just don't care, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, as, we, as we talk about, like, respect, you got to have a good respect. Like, once you get to college, like, you have to respect the game. Like, people, yeah. like, yeah, in high school, like, like you, I think, like, the good player, like, you respect the game, but, like, there's some days where you just say, I'm just going to walk out here and score 20 or whatever, and it's going to be nothing. In college, if you have that mindset, you're going to get, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. The question is like, do you, so do you look at opponents and do you like play them up in your head to like give them respect? Or you tell yourself like, this dude is not all that. Or it just depends on like the level of hype they're receiving or how your coach has framed it. Cause I know like sometimes like I'll tell myself like, yeah, this dude, like, killed this dude. Like, you know, you know right. what I mean? And other times, you you got to be like, no, like, this team or who, whoever this matchup is, like, they're really good. They're, like, doing this for a reason. On the court, this amount for a reason. Have this average for a reason. And so it's, like, kind of balancing, like, those two things. Like, how do you feel about that? I think for me, like, my mindset on the court, is not like I. I think when I was a freshman, I built up teams more for sure. Because I think like 
like when you're a freshman, everything is like when you're like I think coming up playing basketball, especially for us like guys who like play low major and, high, and mid major basketball, like everything is about like disrespect almost. So like when you're playing at high school, you go out to Mighty because oh he's a high rated recruit to me and all that good stuff. So I think as a freshman, you kind of carry that mentality like oh I'm gonna show show these guys up. Like, like we played Wake Forest uh, my freshman year and I was like oh I'm gonna play well. They didn't recruit me, or like stupid stuff like that. You know what I mean? I think like mm-hmm. as I've got, as I've gotten older, like I don't care about that that much. So like for me, I don't like obviously there's gonna be games, there's gonna be matchups. Be like okay, I think I have a pretty favorable favorable matchup. But like at the end of the day, you still respect the guy in front of you on some level. You know what I mean? Because like they're yeah. a college basketball player too. So like I don't get that excited about most individual matchups. I feel like for me, there are some teams I get more that obviously that you're gonna get more excited to play. Um, you try to, to treat every game the same, but, like, you don't. Like, you think that's natural for guys to, like, look at our home game against Dayton differently than our home game against Cal State North Virginia. You know what I mean? Like, that's just natural. Yeah. But I don't I don't look at, like, oh, I'm, uh, this guy's garbage and I'm guarding this guy. Like, I'm going to kill him. Like, I'm thinking, like, what can I do to, like, how can I do my job out there, regardless of who's garbage? Right. Yeah, I think, like, yeah, I, I, I got to that point, too, where it's just, like, the opponent is basically faceless to me. And I, it might just be part of, like, my game where it's just kind of more predicated on shot making. So it's, like, either if, you know, you put player X or player Y in front of me, it's, like, if I make the shot or if I miss the shot, that's on me, not really on them as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you a defender can make it tough on you and have impact it. But generally speaking, like, my performance is – has to do with me and the more like so as I came to that realization it was just more like yeah these I don't really look at it in that way anymore yeah yeah for sure yeah I think like the approach to the game is one of the biggest things that I, that I say has changed from now to then because like again as a freshman like your whole like for example we're playing Kentucky this year and like my mindset is not I'm gonna go at their wings because they have something that I want. Like I don't, I don't think about that. Like you guys are 18 years old. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to be 23. Like I don't have it. I, I can't. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I can be jealous of an 18 year old. You know what I mean? And I also feel confident in my career. So like, again, as a freshman, I would have taken the Kentucky game super personal. Even though like we played West Virginia too. Like I think I would have taken those games personal. Now I don't take the games personal in the sense that like. Oh, they're playing at Kentucky and I'm playing at Richmond, or they're at West Virginia. I'm at, like, I think that's a dumb way to approach basketball. Is like, yeah, taking those matchups that personally. For me, I know yeah. there's some guys. I know I have teammates who are going to look at that game as like a showcase to what a, a school is missing out on. I can't. I feel like that's a not an effective way to look at basketball, especially a team game. You know what I mean? Right, right. It's funny though because like. When you were in high school, you used to go right at dudes in, the, in that oh, in that way we're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like you would take matchups personally. So, and uh, trash talk and everything. Like, there's countless stories of that. But, uh, yeah, I guess you just develop and you grow and mature as a player. And yeah, yeah. I guess there's no right way to approach the game. I don't know. Like, like you said, like for you, everybody's faceless. For me, I'm like focused on making sure I'm doing the right thing to my team. But, again, I have teammates now who I know they take everything personally, which, yeah. and, it, and it works for them. 
But I think for me, that's I'm so focused on how to positively extend my energy, and I feel like that's not <laughs> the most positive way for me to 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 play. Yeah, we talk a lot about high school, but a lot of people don't know. Teacher was third team all league and rookie of the year as a freshman at Lafayette. So, first, why was that transition so easy? Because we had an episode a couple of weeks ago. We talked about freshman year and uh, Grant. He registered his freshman year, but he was third team all league also as a freshman. My freshman year stunk for the most part. I played a lot, but it's freshman year. Freshman year is generally super hard. So for you to be third team all league and rookie of the year as a freshman. How are you so prepared? Well, well, first of all, it didn't. Well, first of all, like you and your family, like got me prepared. Like you going through your freshman year helped me go, you know, see what it was like. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, like your granddad would talk to me and so like mentally, but you know, you can't, you can't really prepare for it until you're going through it. And at first, it was terrible like my teammates and coaches like would tell you like I was the worst player at practice like <laughs> without a question like it, it was just and I was, you know the way we play is very different than the way I played growing up and at St. Chris like it was very much more ball dominant in high school and in AAU and stuff and uh yeah we don't do that at Lafayette um so it was a, an adjustment there and then, like, you know, you come into college and you, like, have these goals and stuff. And so I was, like, I'm like I'm coming here to, to get it. So, mm-hmm. you know, getting up early, working out. And then by the time practice rolls around, it's, like, you have no legs. <laughs> like, nothing. Like, like and coach is looking at you, like, I'm, like, coach, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I have nothing left <laughs> in the tank. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and you, you know, you're not playing hard and all this sort of stuff. It's like, coach, if you had just seen my workout this morning, like, you would understand. Trust me, <laughs> you know? And, uh, but, and then even, like, as the games started, like, it didn't go well. It wasn't going that well for me. But, like, I I had the opportunity at Lafayette to, like, play early. And, like, we didn't really have many guards. We were a young team. We weren't good. Um, so, like, there was that opportunity aspect of it. Um, and that was important to, like, just, you know, grow and see what works and get better on the fly. And then it just probably the Bucknell game was when um, we played Bucknell in early January at home. And Bucknell was, like, Y'all played Bucknell, right? Yeah, we played they, that year. They were really good. They were really, they were really good. good. Yeah. Um, that was a game where it was like I was – I had the – I wasn't out there, like, thinking. I was just playing. Like, I knew the offense. I knew what to do. And then, like, I, I'd i been, like, working on my stuff, and I had my – I still had my game with me. And so, like, the combination of having my game and then, like, being able to, like, being comfortable in the system – it was just, and then, um, yeah, like, it just, I started playing better. And, um, but it's it's a mental thing. Like, when you start getting into that portion of the season to, like, and when you, when I was going through that early, it's easy to, like, kind of check out and kind of just lower your expectations. And I did a little bit. Like, you know, I, that was a goal of mine. Like, I wanted to, that's why I came to Lafayette, too. Mm-hmm. 
to have that opportunity early and to have an opportunity to be like, you know, rookie of the year and that sort of thing. But when it's not going well, it's like, all right, well, I guess this isn't happening. And so, um, yeah, but it's just like, yeah, I just kind of just stuck with it. Yeah. Again, most freshmen don't do that. Most freshmen are closer to me than they are to, to you. So, like, the fact that you were able to come in and play like that is pretty interesting. Talk about the balance between, like, I think this is important, about working out a lot. Because I know I, I struggle with this, between working out a lot and, like, managing your body and being ready for games. Mm, yeah, I think everyone has, like, a, something. You have to, like, find what works for you, I would say. And people's bodies work differently. Um, like, you, like for me, it was like, you you know, you hear co- stories of Kobe Bryant and different guys, like Buddy Heal, for example. And you just, like, Buddy Heal and I get at the gym at, like, 6 a.m. for, a game, like, a 2 o'clock game and, like, not go to team breakfast. It was just crazy stuff, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, like, that's not, that doesn't work for everyone. Like, Buddy Heal really might just not get tired. Like, Kobe Bryant, like, barely slept. Like, I'm an eight-hour guy at night. <laughs> Right. Eight hours, yeah. Like, I, like, my body doesn't work the same. And so I, you have to, like, figure these sort of things out. And, uh, like, are you going to be a before practice guy, after practice guy? Are you just, are you going to get up spots? Are you going to, like, do game speed moves? How, what is your pace going to be like while you're working out? How long are you going to work out for? Um, like, what, what are you going to do when you work out? Like, all these sort of things. And, and the other thing is, is, like, I just think it comes down to, like, understanding your game and your body. Um, but that takes time. Like, that's a hard thing. You told me that once. Like, you were just, like, once you under- once you really understand your game, like, there's, like, that is, like, invaluable, you know? Mm-hmm. That's one of my biggest pet peeves about players coming up. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy to figure out. But for me – like when I see guys and like you ask them, who do they model their game after? And everybody's going to say the same guy. They're like KD, like Chris Paul, Steph Curry, all that stuff. And like, yeah, like that's cool. That makes sense. And there's stuff in them that you can take out of. But for me, like, I think it's invaluable for guys to like find realistic targets for who they can play or who they can be like. Like when you're watching film or about somebody like, not who you want, like, there got to, there has to be a point of, like, who do you actually play like? And for me, like, it it, it wasn't beneficial to uh, to watch, like, James Harden play. I can't really take anything from that. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, so, like, who do I have to watch? Like, I, like, I watch, like, Joe Johnson and Chris Middleton. Even then, like, you have to figure out, like, what you can do on the court. I feel like a lot of kids don't recognize that when they're trying to figure out how to play. It's like, what is realistic yeah. for you and your body? <laughs> Right, <laughs> and the people's game changes too. That's the thing. Like in, a lot of people don't have the same game that they did in high school, for example, when they go to play professionally. I feel like mm-hmm. you have like some base of your game that always needs to be there, but like your game does change on who you're playing with a little bit and your role on the team and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know. Like for me, I, I wasn't. I was never really a big film guy. Um, in terms of who I watched, like, I would watch, like, I watched, well, it, it's going to sound like a cliched one, but Kyrie, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my guy, Jimmer. <laughs> I love Jimmer. Uh, yeah. 
and then there'll be some like random guys that like most people might not really know that I would get on Synergy and just watch. Like you remember the point guard of Davidson, uh, Jack Gibbs? Oh yeah. Yeah, I love Jack Gibbs' game. Uh, there was a point guard at South Dakota State in like 2013, Nate Walters. You know him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tough, just like super crafty, super floater game. Um, but yeah, you just like take different stuff from different people, and uh, but like sometimes like uh, so like I watched Bradley Beal once, and like this man has like the nastiest step back. He'll go two dribbles to his left and step back. Right. But I tell you, like I I drilled that move, and like I've never used it like, ever. <laughs> like I I drilled that move so much, and I've never used it. Like I'll I'll use a step back, but never like downhill two dribbles and like just get that space like the way Bradley Beal does it. And it's just like, I mean, that's that's part of it. Like, see, you, when you watch, like, so many and, and are looking at it like that, like, you see what you're not, too. Not just, like, who you play mm-hmm. like, but, like, all right, I'm not that, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. Or like, like, Steph Curry, like, obviously a lot of guards will watch Steph Curry. But, like, him running off those screens, like, flying off them, those catch and shoots with, like, that footwork and stuff, like, I don't, maybe I just need a lot more work at it, but, like, that just, like, when I try to play that, like, that, like, I'm just like, eh, I don't know if this is me right here, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a big, that's, like you said, like, you pick, like, Nate Walters and uh, Jack Gibbs. Like, you realize they have similar body types, similar speed, similar change of pace, and you're like, oh, those are good guys to watch. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times people, like, they don't productively you know, they don't productively improve because they're trying to, like, like once you get to, like, 18, 19, 20, like, you're not who you're going to be as a basketball player, but, like, you're starting to figure out, like, what what am I good at? What am I really good at? And, like, what am I not yeah. so good at? And I, and I had to realize that, you know, I'm not going to be the fastest, I'm not the biggest leaper, but I can do some other things. So let me figure out how do other guys who aren't that fast, who don't jump, who don't jump that high, how do they score? How do they affect the game? And you have to figure that out. I think that's important. I feel like a lot of people miss out on that when they're trying to train and get better. Mm -hmm. Kind of shifting gears here. Um, Talk a little bit about, um, like, for you, coming back into your sophomore season, you had, like, high expectations for yourself. Talk about, like, men's expectations, like the expectations of the season before, and how how do you manage that mentally? when you know that people are expecting a lot of things from you. You know, you were coming off of a all-time freshman season and come back to yourself. How do you manage that? Like, how did, how did, how did you mentally uh, make that change? Like, what, did anything change for you at all? Um, well, all right. Like, really nothing changed for me except, like, what I was doing, I just, like, took, I just did it more. Um, mm-hmm. But that, I don't think, was what was needed, like, I think in looking back, like, I should have taken some time, first of all, to, after my freshman season, to rest. Like, I didn't really rest at all. And my sophomore year was completely plagued by extreme fatigue and yeah. pretty much exhaustion. Um, but that was from, you know, that's, you know, sometimes it's like what makes you good, like, is also, like, your downfall at some point. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you're working out, oh, okay, like, that's why you're playing well. And then it's like you keep doing it and you keep doing it more. And it's like, 
well, you did it too much. Like, you can overdo a good thing. I guess that's... But with, like, the mansion expectations, like, that's tough because, like, ex- like expectations really do change everything. Because, like, my freshman and sophomore years, like, statistically speaking, are, like, pretty much identical. But, like, my sophomore season felt way, way worse than my freshman year just because of the expectations. Like, I had for myself and other people had for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, like, um, I think... I mean, I think it's good to have expectations, but I think it's like, it's like what, what, what's the barometer for your success? Is it, is it statistics? Is it, like, what is it? Like, for me, like, I had to change that. Like, if it was statistics, like, I was failing because, like, I was, I was having a worse year myself than my freshman year. Uh-huh. Um, and so, like, I just had to, like, put that, change the, like that barometer into from like statistics to like all right, like how am I if I do these things then what will then will I be successful? And those things were things like intangible things like resilience. Like for me, I was like I like I'm just gonna just find a way to get through this and you know growth. Like I'm going to get better as the season goes along. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So you just like take those things, you just uh. Because when you're not doing well, you got to, you know, for me, it's like, all right, like, I'm not just about to, like, just stop, <laughs> you know. But, uh, yeah, the sophomore year was tough. But, and then, um, I mean, it wasn't, like, all bad, though. Like, like I would think, like, sometimes it's like you got to sometimes be like, you know, like, for me, in the freshman year, like, I felt like that was, like, like some of the accolades, out, like, the rookie of the year and then the all-league, I was like, well, I'm not this good. I'm really not. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, even, like, overestimated. It was funny because in high school, it's like, it was like the same, thing, the same thing in a way. Like, I wasn't really recruited as a 2017 recruit. I was like, you know, these schools, like, like y'all don't think, I'm, like, I'm better than you think I am. Mm-hmm. And then, I, like, I, I had that, like, kind of half reclass thing, you remember? Yeah. And then, like, I started getting, like, offers. And then, like, I remember, like, some big schools would call. Like, I remember when, like, Creighton and then Clemson called and was just like, you, we think you'd be like, uh, we love your versatility as a guard and we think you, you, we are, you are just what we need. I'm sitting here like, this is why coaches get fired. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not a Clemson recruit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I knew my route was kind of like the low mid-major route. You know what I'm saying? But, like, it was – and then so, like, it was the same thing in college. I was getting, like, these accolades. I'm like, I'm really not. I, I didn't feel like I was. Maybe mm-hmm. that's just, like, you know, insecurity playing out. I don't know. But then yeah. uh, sophomore year, it was like, okay, I'm a little bit better than what y'all are giving me credit for now. Like, this year wasn't that bad when you look at the totality of it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So what is your... So you talked a little bit about it, but what is what would you say your barometer for success is? Say it again. What is the barometer for for success then for you? Just in, in basketball, just like what like for how do you measure that? Oh, um, I mean, I'm still trying to figure that out, but I would say, <laughs> uh, like I said, resilience, growth, um, like faith, like is that growing stronger, um, things like that. Yeah, things like that. Yeah, and it's it's hard to it's hard. You can you can you can uh, 
But then again, it's like, all right, I'm growing, but how so? Like, is, are my stats growing? Because that's still like, to, to, you know, you're still falling into that same trap. So it's like, I, I guess you just, I don't know. Like, for me, like, sophomore year, like, I started trying to expand my horizons a little bit beyond just basketball. Like, I'm very basketball focused. But I was like, this is like, this is too much for my mind. Like, I need like some outlet or something. So I just started like reading, reading a lot of just different books. So like, just growing in different areas. You know what I mean? Mhm. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that because that's one of the biggest things I've noticed that's changed about you is how much more into other things you become outside of basketball. Somebody who is obviously super talented. So, I guess talk to me about that. Like, how did that start, and like, what made you want to? Like, you talked a little bit about you needed a break, and that's an, another underrated part about college basketball. Like, I remember the end of my freshman year, I had a, a headache because I was just so mentally like <laughs> exhausted. Like, I had never been put through, been put through so much mentally. So, talk about that escape yeah. that you had. How, uh, what kind of things you got into? Yeah. Uh... Like I said, reading was a main was a big one just because like I, I would say I have a pretty curious intellectual mind and mm-hmm. reading was it started with a book it started with uh, a book you recommended. It was that Outliers by Gladwell. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is kinda of, this is a dope book. <laughs> yeah. But uh it was like the idea was cool but also it's just like little nuggets of knowledge that it's just like you just feel a little bit smarter. You're like yeah, like like it's a new way to see the world or just like a new perspective on it. And I just found it that's that like excited me. Um and so it was like, all right, well Gladwell, this is cool. So I read continued reading his books and then just got into other like kind of psych type books and then just got into like more story type books. And uh yeah, I just I just like to read. Um you can you just start like you just like build your base of knowledge and then it's like like in the classroom, you, you you start you feel like you can write a little bit better, and then you just feel like when you can draw like you talk about creativity like that doesn't come out of a vacuum like you gotta you draw on different stuff and if you're reading and taking in more information and building that base of knowledge like you have a more extensive library if you will to draw upon for different ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, one of the biggest things that I had told, that I try to tell, um, that I try to tell freshmen people coming in is that, like, obviously I've loved basketball and I've loved playing basketball, but to me, the most rewarding things about college have just been the stuff outside of basketball, like meeting people, it's my classroom experience, getting into the English department, all that stuff. I feel like, you know, people feel like if you don't take advantage of that stuff, then you're really then you're wasting your time because we're getting all this good stuff and like college is college is truly amazing in the sense in the in the sense that like you get to try out so many different things and like you're on your own for the first time and I feel like a lot of times as athletes we don't take advantage of all that stuff that is offered to us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like with co- yeah, because I have some professors that I'm like real close with, and it, I don't know. Yo, you're smart. The other smart. To, I don't know how that really works at big schools, but at least it's like a school like Lafayette, probably Richmond, like you can develop like some dope relationships with with professors and stuff. But, yeah, no, I, exactly. So 
Yeah, I feel like people really need to, especially athletes. I know it's easy to fall into just a routine of, of basketball and then like going to class and not really caring and just worrying about basketball. But I feel like if you want to, you know, be truly like uh, be truly successful in college, you gotta you gotta expand your horizon. I feel like you're wasting your time if you're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. All right. So you want to start go to the NBA now? NBA, let's do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Give me your thoughts on the finals so far. I just yeah, three one right now. Next game's on Friday. Um, I'm a Lakers guy. If I let you go first, what is your thoughts mm-hmm. on the on the on the finals so far? Oh, like I would say, it doesn't really feel like the finals to me. You know, I don't know whether it's just like the bubble thing or. Like, well, I'm kind of a LeBron guy, so it's like the finals have been great because, like, this is the least stre- less stress I've been watching any finals with LeBron because I'm like, I don't really respect the I respect the Heat, but, like, not to beat LeBron, you know? And uh, I'm watching these games, and I feel like I'm just chilling, whereas normally, like, in the finals, I'm like, eh, like, Golden State, like, they're going to get them, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but... All right, so like I'll give you like I wasn't as high on Jimmy Butler like he is he's balling. Um, I'm still like I'm not ready to put him in like the top ten or anything like that. And we could talk about Jimmy Butler later, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like like Rondo. I'm I'm a I'm a big Rondo guy. Like I, usually I like skill I like skill guys. You know what I'm saying? But Rondo is like one of those dudes that. I don't care if he can't shoot, and he actually is shooting a decent league. Just, like, give me Rondo on my team any day of the week. Like, I will, like, and then once he finishes playing, like, make just make him the head coach because he's going to be good at that too. Hmm. Yeah. But again, as a Lakers fan, this has been the best finals ever. Uh, shout out to KCP. Um, shout out to KCP for what he's doing. He um, was not, was not, um, uh, he was not one of my favorite players up to this point. <laughs> uh, but he really he performed big time last night. So I'm proud of the yeah, guy. He yeah. bounced back he bounced back in a big way. Danny Green is still on the hot seat. His contract should be expired <laughs> after this. You know, Danny Danny Green is the worst shooting shooter I've ever seen in my life. Like the man does not make shots and we still we he will always be like classified as a shooter and I'm like I never see this man make shots. I'm like, I'm rooting for the Lakers. Go ahead. I haven't seen him make shots in San Antonio. For real. (laughs) Yeah, and we gave this guy $10 million a year for the next three years. If he stinks now, how bad do you think he's going (laughs) to stink next year? Yeah. So. He defends, though. I'll give him that. He defends. The, the Lakers in general defend like that's like when the the less the Lakers are in the half court offense like that is they're okay in the half court but like it, when they're in transition they're getting stops and they're out like they're they're tough and defensively they're just like they're big but they're also mobile like they can switch and they play hard and they you know you know in college like you play a team with, like, a, a lot of freshmen, like, they could be, like, athletic and good defenders, but they're just not going to probably – they're going to get backdoored and just not play, which is because they're inexperienced. Like, the Lakers have that experience, and it shows on, like, their rotations. Like, they're crisp. 
They're yeah, flying not, around. The other thing is the Lakers are just big. Like they're they're tall yeah. and long, and like everybody's trying to go small, and they're just they have the biggest the biggest team out there. So yeah, that, that's not surprising. But again, we can find somebody that's worth three three million dollars that can do what Danny Green does. So that's how I <laughs> you feel. can do what Danny Danny Green does. <laughs> you don't even have to pay me that much. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, good. No, that was it. That was it. Yeah. Also, I didn't know AD was as good. I don't know what you thought. I did not know that he was as good. I always knew he was, like, this talented, but, like, just being in New Orleans, you didn't really watch him a whole lot. Like, you know, he's putting up numbers, and, like, the stuff he can do on the basketball court was just like, yeah, wow, this guy's talented. But, like, do it's always different, like, when they do it on – they're producing like this on the big stage, and it's like, yeah, this guy is, like, like an all-time talent. Yeah. I didn't know he could shoot this well. Like, I, like he this man has money. The thing is, he hadn't really been shooting that well until the playoffs. Like, his shooting numbers were all right. Now he's, like, the best shooter in the league. He's definitely better than Danny Green. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, <laughs> but, like, he looks like, like a mini, like, almost like KD-like in the shot. Like Oh, yeah, this for smooth. sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, he, he surprised me. Because, uh, again, I watched the Lakers all year, and I've been surprised all season, but, like, I didn't know that he had – another year like this. Like, mm. like if somebody said that Anthony Davis is the best player in the NBA, I don't think I would really argue with him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's like he's in that top tier for sure. It's probably like Le- it's like LeBron won, and then there's like that tier like right at, like after him. You got like AD, KD, Kawhi, Giannis, Harden, and like he's, de- he's at like the top of that next year, you know? Yeah. All right, and the Heat. I've been a Heat fan all season, basically. Uh, my secondary team, I guess. They they play some of the prettiest basketball ever. It sucks that Goran's hurt. I don't think I don't think the series would be that much different if he was playing. But obviously, you want their whole team to be out there. I don't. I mean, it's a big loss. Like you saw it last night. Like the Heat offense kind of stalling. Yeah, that's they could have really used Corin there, but I really don't see the series being much different. It'd be three-one regardless. Like he's not, he's not enough. To, he's not stopping LeBron. He's not stopping Anthony Davis. So, right. I'm just impressed by the heart that they show them. Um, because again, I don't think they. I mean, they, I mean they obviously have talented guys, but their offense, the way they play, so. It's so pretty to watch when it's when it's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just a little they're they're a little overmatched right now, I'd say. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna do this now, the Jimmy Butler <laughs> conversation. <laughs> oh snap! This is a really bad time for a bad Jimmy Butler take. <laughs> First of all, your Jimmy Butler takes have been bad. <laughs> but um, basketball takes in general are usually just off. That's, Skyler, my brother, tells me that. He, like, I have some of the worst basketball takes. But he, yeah. he, he said us two together is just a recipe for disaster for basketball takes. That was, oh. That's what he said. Who, you and Skyler? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, 
Jimmy Butler is my favorite player in the NBA. Him and Russell Westbrook. But those are my two favorite players. So I'm obviously going to stand Jimmy Butler no matter what. I said he's a top ten player all year. Because I've been watching the Heat, I've been watching how he's been playing. And you know, I think he's just a super talented and a good player. This man Petrie said he <laughs> might be top twenty five. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, how wrong is that? And that's a ten on the disrespect scale. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, how wrong is that? Yeah. Uh, right, well, right now it's 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 closer to ten. Um, but generally speaking, I don't think it's really that far off. There's a lot of shooting guards in the league. I'm taking over Jimmy Butler. But like, and is, Jimmy, like the, the Jimmy Butler, if he if he doesn't have his way, and he doesn't have like really, he's in a perfect situation for him. But in most situations, Jimmy Butler just brings dysfunction. But like, no, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so he won. He won to stay in Chicago. They didn't want him. Boom, he's out of there. He goes to Minnesota, where they have hadn't been to the playoffs at that time for like twenty years. And guess where they go? They were in fourth place before he got hurt. And of course, when Carl Anthony Towns takes over, they almost fall out of the playoffs and Jimmy has to get healthy and save the season again. And basically what he said in Minnesota was that these guys don't care that much about winning. Was he wrong? No. He was 100% right. They don't care about winning in Minnesota. Um, when we get to the rankings, all the guys you're going to name are big-time stat patterns, which is fine. You need to have stats, obviously. But, and also, I'm like an analytics guy and Jimmy Butler is Big, his analytics are amazing. Then he goes to Philly, and he didn't. He just said uh, he wanted to go back, but they said they didn't want him. They took Al Horford and Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler. So what was he wrong about? What did he do wrong? He just called it like he saw it, and people don't want to take that. Well, about Chicago. All right, so like we had one of our grad assistants was at at a school in Philadelphia where the when he was in Chicago where she, the Bulls would practice. And so he saw, like, their practice. And just, like, he, the dude, he was, he was like, to, to Coach Hoiberg. Now, I don't know the whole dynamics, but he was basically just, like, F you, F you, F you, F you. Like, I'm not doing anything anyone tells me to do. Like, I'm Jimmy Butler. I'm, I'm like, Jimmy Butler, you're not at that level. Like, Really but not. like he is, like That's he's not. Thing. He he. Well, like right now it looks like he is, but like he's really not much better than Drew Holiday. Oh my gosh! Re- like I don't this, know if he's like, that much better than Demar Derozan. To be how, honest, like how blasphemous did you sound right now? Right now, pretty blasphemous. But I mean, the he he's got a nice situation over no. there in Miami. Comparing Jimmy Butler to Demar Derozan was blasphemous <laughs> in March. And now it's just unholy. I don't understand how you could say that. Like, what about what about Jimmy Butler and DeMar DeRozan is remotely comparable? I would take Devin Booker over him. I would take Klay Thompson over him. I would take Bradley Beal over him. Dude, Bradley Beal literally was one of the five worst defenders in the NBA this year. Did you hear that? One of the five. Worst defenders in the NBA. 
I wouldn't defend if I played for the Wizards either. There's no point. You're going to lose anyway. <laughs> well, so, here, so here's my thing. I think one of the most valuable things in the NBA right now is perimeter defense. And I think Jimmy Butler is one of, like, the five or six perimeter defenders that, like, his defense is so good on the perimeter that, like, even if you don't like his shot creation, which if you don't, you're wrong. And if you don't like if you don't like his three-point shooting, like, that's fine. But because his perimeter defense is, like, so good that – it makes up for, like, like obviously people value offense more than defense. But Jimmy Butler's defense is so good that, like, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. No, he's, he's, a, he's a for sure, like, two-way guy. And, like, is he, like, kind of in the mode of Kawhi a little yeah. bit? Like, I don't know. He, I mean, like, I respect him. Like, he plays hard. He's about his business. Well, stuff. you don't respect him if you compared him to DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> I don't respect you as a basketball player. <laughs> All right. Oh. oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. Here's a hot take. It's not even a hot take, but people are going to think it's a hot take because they're dumb. There are, there are nine players I'll for sure take over Jimmy Butler. Nine. LeBron, AD, Harden, Giannis, KD, Kawhi, Jokic, Steph, and Luka. After that, we can have a debate about anybody else. Those are the, those are the nine guys I would for sure take over Kawhi. I mean, over Jimmy. Like, no question, whatever. I'm, I'm taking these guys over Jimmy. Nine guys. After that, I don't know if there's anybody else I'd take over Maybe I mean I I, I disagree. I, I mean I take a lot of guys over Jim Butler. Yeah. But yeah. Um, of course. I mean like you 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 can make you argue bit. You also I mean, take Lou were, Williams. You would also take Lou Williams over Jimmy Butler from what I'm hearing from <laughs> you. Uh, yeah. Don't disrespect Lou. No, disrespect Lou. Don't disrespect <laughs> like first of all, yeah, twenty five. 10 and 13 in game two. Then had 40, 10 and 13 in game three. He averaged, he averaged 25 and five. He was one of the most valuable players in the league this year by all metrics. And you just compared him to DeMar DeRozan and Drew Holiday. Like, what is going on? <laughs> I don't understand this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. My basketball eyes uh, is a little different. <laughs> What 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 is that even like? What is your basketball? You like bad players? I like I don't I don't even know what I like. I I don't, that's part of the problem. Like I like I generally like skill, but like Jimmy Butler, like he he's going to that right hand pull up every single time. Even he'll be on the he'll be on the left block and he's gonna shoot over that left shoulder. Can't stop it. And his what do you say? Can't stop it. Yeah, I mean he's just, he's on one right now, but he's in, been on in one. His, oh. In his normal state, he's an eighteen point per game guy that's going to give you good defense. And I mean, he if he is in a, the East is a in a normal situation. Like if you put Jimmy Butler in the West, honestly, like Portland, I have more faith in Portland beating the Lakers than I do in the, in the Heat. 
And I'll take Dame over him. Bro, what are you I talking probably, about? If you say you'll take CJ you over wouldn't him. Take Dame, you wouldn't take Dame Lillard over James Butler. Probably not. No. Wow. Wow. I don't even know to say that. 50-point Dame. Anyway, we can we can agree to uh, disagree. 50-point Dame out in the first round. His team stink every year. I love Dame. Dame is, in the, Dame is one of the guys I had trouble with when I was thinking about this. Dame, Dame is a, he's not he's he's on current level pretty much. Not in terms of resume, but in terms of like actual his his being a player, like yeah. Well like this yeah. Well Curry was like eighth on the list, so he's close to Jimmy. And Dame was close to Jimmy also. <laughs> Yeah. I just yeah. can't believe that you would take, like, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, i take Donovan Mitchell. But, like, Donovan wow. Mitchell had, like, 50. He had, like, 57, didn't he? Oh, my he? God. His team lost in the first round. They were up 3-1 and lost. Well, you know, he, he he's young. He'll be in the finals someday. Jimmy Butler's been first-round exits and hasn't done much until now. He should have. They should have won with that Philly team too, over they Toronto. And if it wasn't for yeah, a lucky, he needs to get that done. And if it wasn't for a lucky shot, they probably would have won. Let's move on from the Jimmy Butler topic. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, your takes stink. It's 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 it's, it's, a, it's it's a bad time. It's a bad time for Jimmy Butler takes right now. It's always a bad time for bad Jimmy Butler takes, but especially if we're going to pair him to Demar Derozan. <laughs> that's not that's gonna that's gonna keep me up at night thinking about this. Um, all right, I don't even know where to go for that. Um, okay. Uh, football is happening oh right now. Gosh. Uh, we're not gonna talk about our fantasy football league because my team is the worst <laughs> team in the league. <laughs> um. Yeah, everybody got hurt last week, and of course the Titans—they all have uh, Corona. So, mm, yeah, my team's done. I might delete my team. Honestly, I don't know if that's possible. Hey, go ahead and trade some of those players over here. No, uh, you're not. I'm not going to let you win. As a defending champion, I can't let you win. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Anyways, you have any thoughts about the football season so far? Well, my first thought on football is the sport should just be extinct. I think it's a stupid sport. Um, I think it's a barbaric sport. Uh, and it's like, wow, if you know it is harmful to your mind and body, why do you play it? But I just think it's a dumb sport. But okay, now that that's out the way. Big Russell Wilson guy, that's me. I like Russell Wilson a lot. I think, yeah. Seahawks, Russell Wilson, that's who I root for, and I think he's pretty much the best player in the league. going to win MVP. Mm-hmm. So, Russell, you're, so, in your opinion, Russell's better than Mahomes? Yeah, I would take him. Wow. You have a lot of hot takes today. Yeah, I guess it's a hot take. I mean, not, maybe not for the next 10 years, but I'll take him this year. 
So right now, right now, if you had to start your yeah. team right now for one year, you're taking Russell over Mahomes. Yeah, I'm taking Russell. Wilson. Wow. Okay. Listen, I'm a Russell Wilson fan as well. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks ever. Easily. Um, super underrated. You know he's never gotten one MVP vote? That's nice. In his whole yeah. career, he hasn't, hasn't gotten one. But, yeah, to your football point, I also think football is generally a stupid sport. Um, obviously, I watch it. I'm part of the problem, yada, yada, yada. But I agree. Um, <laughs> it's barbaric. <laughs> <laughs> and especially now, there's really no point of playing football with Corona flying around. It really isn't. Like, <laughs> this is football is, is, is a lot of where disgruntled basketball players end up. <laughs> there's nothing worse than playing basketball with football players. Nothing. There's nothing worse oh, that's, than that. That's when I'm withdrawing from the game and going to work out. One on zero by myself. <laughs> Side uh, court. <laughs> I do think football players are like I thought like wild like wide receivers and corners and all those. I think they're like and even all, I think pretty much every all football players, other than like the quarterback and the kicker, are like outstanding athletes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which are, they're better which are, athletes than basketball. Like oh, more powerful. Better. Like they they have vertical jumps of like like flat foot like forty inches, like Oh yeah. Uh, even like offensive linemen are impressive. Yeah. Like when I when I first got to college, I was one of my my roommate uh, for summer school. Uh, he was a D lineman, like he was one of the best D lineman ever, and all that good, good stuff. And he was out there dunking off vertical, like yeah, two sixty. I'm like, yo, get off the rim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be like three hundred and some pounds doing that too. Yeah, and there's no point of playing with them though, because like you said, they don't know how to control their bodies. They're all over the place. They like to foul you for no reason. And they have no touch around the basket. Everything is at home. All the- and, the, and then plus, there's the excitement because their sport is so terrible. And they come to basketball like a fun sport. And they're just like way too excited to play. I don't know if you've noticed that. Yes, I agree. They want to let out all their, this aggression from the football field. Come out, <laughs> come out flying their feet off hard and fast. Like, no, get out of here with it. We're out here to have fun. Yeah, so young Dolphin go back to their place. Uh, y- y'all need them. Y'all are the worst franchise. Just to go back to this fantasy football, and just you as a franchise, you are the worst franchise in our league as a basketball under and football. You have one championship that you you have two championships in football. Yeah, some of you have two. I have two championships. Oh my gosh, bro! You act like I'm the pit. You act like I'm. The Kings and the Timberwolves. Like, no, I am an elite franchise. You either you you either, you either win the Super Bowl or you are like you have one win. And basketball, Bro. you you were like you were like you had like four wins in four years. Okay, okay. I don't know how to play fantasy basketball. That's fair. I'm not. I don't, I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. Whatever. I don't know how to build a roster. I'm picking players I like that not players that are good. But you can't come for me in fantasy football. You like I said. <laughs> Okay, I won. I won the league last year. I won the entire league last year. The year before that, I was the runner-up, and you won. Um, you were very lucky to beat. Lucky. Do you remember it? Like I was ahead, and then you had like a wild performance on the last day. And then I won yeah. two years prior. You act like I'm just this, this 
this remedial owner that doesn't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Fair you and Jimmy Butler, I'll, I'll pump the brakes. <laughs> What'd you say? You I said, you and Jimmy Butler, I need to chill. I'll pump the brakes. <laughs> well, you love to talk trash about fancy football team. Young Dolph is a competitor. Young Dolph is the name of my fancy football team, by the way. Um, best rapper, best fantasy team. Um, yeah, you act like you act like I just stink. You talk trash to me every week, even when I'm winning. You talk trash to me. Oh, I can't wait till I can't wait till the till the till the, till the sales come off the ship. What are you talking about in the first place? <laughs> I feel like Team AT is the most overrated franchise in fantasy football. What are you talking about? You know the entire league fears Team AP. Nobody fears your team. <laughs> you're, only one game, you're only one game ahead of me, too. We're, we're the most dominant franchise in league history. You have two championships like I do. Easily, though. Like, we did a poll of the league of who is the dominant even, franchise. How? We both have the same amount of championships. We both have the same amount of, runner, of runners up. Like, we're literally the same franchise. Like, so my team... We let our players have fun. You know what I'm saying? We're not super straight. You guys are like the Spurs, except not as good. Uh, what? Yeah. All right. I'll give you your respect. You and Jimmy Butler give my respect today. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the consequence of this. Uh, that's the outcome of this podcast. Jimmy Butler and Young Dolph gets my respect. I mean, we're going to lose after this week because we're definitely not going to win. We're not even going to make the playoffs this year. And Nick Chubb got hurt. The wheels have fallen off. Yeah. It's nice. It's Kareem Hunt will uh, glad, gladly pick up the slack. Is that who you have? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, a lot of time to be 2-2. Two and two, Just saying. You heard me? Yeah. Well, a lot of talent on that roster to be two and two. I know, I know. Court coaching. Seems like a coaching club. <laughs> yeah. Josh uh Josh Allen, Zeke, Kareem Hunt, Tyree Kill, Calvin Ridley, like what like what are you saying? A lot of talent. To be only one game out of the consolation bracket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't have much to say to that. <laughs> uh, you trying to trade me, Kyler Murray? Say it again. Are you trying to trade me, Kyler Murray? Uh, for for who? I don't know. Somebody. We're looking for a tight end. That's who we're looking for. Zach Ertz is just not getting it done. The Eagles are just. I'm so glad the Eagles are bad because being up here in in Pennsylvania is like Eagle country, and they are the mm. most obnoxious obnoxious fans. The most obnoxious fans. They won uh, my freshman year. They won the Super Bowl, and we literally canceled practice for it for the of parade. Course. Of course. Another underachievement. Takes our 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 own point. That's, hey, we, I mean, we haven't gotten to the Eagles' favorite podcast. They won. They had a lucky win against a team that was mostly injured. 
pressing with the still bad. But yes, the Eagles fans are the most obnoxious fans in the history of sports. And that Super Bowl win was the worst case scenario. The whole NFC East is just annoying to me. Like the Cowboys, the Eagles, Giants, the Washington football team. Like the whole the whole division can just like fall on fall off from that. Yeah, the Eagles are gonna get get in the playoffs at six nine and one. Oh, you know it. And it's gonna make me angry. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Another reason why football is a stupid sport, because you can be that bad and win your division. It really, if it was not for fantasy football, I, I would not be in tune with football, like, in the slightest. I'd still be, th- I'd still be thinking Tom Brady's on the Patriots. Like, I, I don't go- watch football. I don't watch football. Like, it's, it's, I don't enjoy it. I just I enjoy playing football. That's about it. I watch the Vikings. I watch my boy Lamar go to work. But other than that, I'm not. I watch it because we talk about it on the podcast. So I like to be knowledgeable. But yeah, for the most part, no, I don't. I'm not. I'm not that tapped into the pot to football. Yeah, baseball. I baseball's all right. Yeah. Yeah, you like the Yankees. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually a pretty big baseball guy, but, you know, people don't really want to listen to us talk about baseball, so we don't get into it that much. Yeah, no, if you're not coming to the Big Guard podcast for baseball analysis. <laughs> By the yeah. way, Big Guard podcast, all right, the, the Big Guard, to me, is... Because every guest has got to give their big guard. Yeah, name. I was going to ask you. That's how we're going to end it off. What's, what's, a, what's a big guard to you? Tell me. Talk to me. A big guard. So y'all hit on one component of it, like a big guy doing things they should. Right. Making plays, what, 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 what not. To me, it's a mentality. Like, you got to hunt contact. Like, you, like you, for you, it manifests in the post. Like you're going to the post and you're gonna bury little guards, even even bigs, in the post. And that's that's easy money, you know? Right. Like for me, I don't really have that same post game. You know, we played one on one in the post, it didn't really go too well for me, you remember? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh for me it's like the mean shoulder. Like I, I love a good shoulder bump. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. everyone is like in pickup is like they throw the um, offensive foul and whatnot, yet to be called for it in my career. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a, a big guard is like a – like you can have a smaller guard, like in height, and they can be a big guard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, like Kyle Lowry, like hunting that content, that's a big guard. Yep. Big guard. Um, yeah, just like you – just asserting your physical dominance, That's that's a big guard. Yeah, I agree. Also, getting excited when you see smaller guards is another extreme, yeah. <laughs> extremely important component of being a big guard. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I I had like a little phase where I was like semi-big guard, but I don't really, I'm not fully in that category. Uh-huh. Not fully. Not fully. A little, yeah. There's, there's, there's hints of being a big guard, but I'm not a full big guard. 
Yeah, I agree though. I think that um, a big guard is pretty much just the mentality. You know what I mean? Like you said, it's a mentality. Yeah. Yeah. So, you got anything else? That's 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 it for me. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a good podcast. Uh, I think. I told you in the beginning that I thought I had a chance, and uh, appreciate you bringing me on. Yeah, man, appreciate you stepping in. Uh, thanks to everybody yeah. who, who's been um, tuning in up to this point, um, 10 episodes in. Um, next week, like I said at the beginning, next week, uh, Grant and Bryce will be manning the, the stations. Um, they'll be on. And, yeah, again, appreciate you coming on, AP. Yes, sir. All right, bro. All right, bro. Catch you. I'll catch you. All right.